0: This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam. Streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Get charged up for action that'll shock your system.
1: Tell me that's not cool. An unstoppable superhero and his crew embark on impossible missions and will bring mutated villains to justice. When
0: static's in the house, bad guys better step
1: off. Pull the plug on crime with the adventures of Static Shock. Yeah! Welcome, everybody, to episode 274 of the DCAU Review. I am one of your hosts, Cal. With me, my good friend, good brother, the man that controls our social media empire, it's Liam. Liam, welcome to another week here at the DCAU Review. And we are continuing with our months of reviews of Static Shock as we continue with our y- Len Yuli celebration, as we've uh, not officially dubbed it, I'm just officially dubbing it that now. But uh, <laughs> our our uh, Len Yuli Appreciation Month, as we uh, continue to celebrate the various episodes that Mister Yuli himself directed, and we've got another good one this week.
2: Uh, yes, yes, we do here, and uh, keeping in theme with last week's, it's another episode featuring. The, uh, the first return of Shebang to the series. We covered her debut episode last week and uh, featured uh, an excerpt from our uh, chat with Len. It was a lot of fun. And uh, here we are back this week with a review of her second appearance in The Parent
1: Trap. That is right. And we will be getting to our full breakdown of this episode. And But before we do that, before we get into all the fun stuff, a brief programming note. Uh, We mentioned last week that we intended on playing some additional clips from our interview with uh, Mr. Yuli and then uh, releasing hopefully the entire interview with him by the end of the month as a full bonus episode. This week, we had some technical difficulties that resulted in a indefinite delay On that interview. So we are looking to hopefully have that still come out prior to the end of the year. Uh, Unfortunately, we have uh, had some issues with the recording process and the uh, technology that all goes along with that as as happens from time to time, so we are hoping to get a uh, eventually get a release date, but for right now, we are temporarily postponing the release date for that but uh, if you did not get to check out mr yuli 's the clip that we we released last week. Uh, was all about was about twenty minutes about Mr. Yuli's uh, sort of career, how he got into the business, and then uh, his his uh, how he got to working on Static. So uh, definitely some insight there. Plenty of more great stuff that we hope to be able to release to you at some point here in the not too distant future. But uh, just a slight programming note before we get to our breakdown of this week's episode, we of course will get to the official IMDb synopsis for this week's episode, which originally aired. Here in the States on the Kids WB on May the 24th, 2003, meaning we just passed the 20-year anniversary of this episode's debut. And of course, before we get the official IMDb synopsis, we will, of course, remind you that this segment, as it always is, is brought to you by The Pod Tower. Head over to YouTube.com slash The Pod Tower today, and you can get a great collection of various different podcasts including the watchtower databases jump on the bat wagon still have not confirmed if that's changing titles or if they're sticking with the title now that they've finished up uh, all of batman the animated series but uh we guess we'll see together you uh, you also get the entire tim talk library on there as well as our entire catalog as well all in one convenient place streaming on youtube head over to youtube.com slash the pod and subscribe
2: absolutely so this is the review for the parents trap not that one written by len yuli directed by question mark because neither the uh neither the episode itself nor any uh online credits credit of director for this episode uh music by richard wolf and animation by dong woo and that synopsis reads as such and this is a long one so just Bear with me here. Shebang returns to Dakota to seek the help of the town's heroes to find her parents. When Koenig breaks into a chemical plant and Shebang's parents help to transfer the loot, Static doubts their innocence. Shanice's determination leads them to the truth, but can the heroes save them from their poison necklaces in time?
1: Hmm. I feel like the point of a synopsis is to be like, you know, one to two sentences doesn't doesn't seem like to me once you start getting into the paragraph area, Um, albeit I I did enjoy ending it with a with a question mark. You always have those cliffhanger question marks. Those always get extra points for me. However, you missed the point of being a synopsis by giving me every nitty bitty gritty detail there. So I'd give it a a C minus maybe.
2: (laughs) yeah there's a few uh there's a few other areas Int- introduces the villain's name as if we already know who that is uh, right. in a new paragraph um so yeah there's definitely some issues but uh see me after class we can probably uh with with a little bit of reworking we can work this up to uh to a to an even see but we'll uh, give you yeah. an
1: extra credit assignment to work on it <laughs> <laughs> that's right
2: but yes as we can uh we can get into our plot here this episode does open up it's uh it's like uh, it's the scene out of Law and Order or something. The uh, static and gear are at the crime scene uh, as a, uh, a new another laboratory has been broken into. We find out from uh, from our police chief. What's what's this guy's name? He has a name. Barnsdale. Uh,
1: yes. Chief Barnsdale.
2: Chief sure. Barnsdale. That's static. know this is the fourth chemical lab that's been broken into uh, recently in Dakota and as Static and Gear are sort of investigating inside, the Gear is able to notice a giant uh, footprint into the ground. And uh, so that puts them on the hunt. They know it's somebody heavy and somebody very strong as the uh, the lab was completely torn apart. And as the Static and Gear are discussing who it may be, they decided to kick it back at the old gas station hideout and after we get a fun little chase sequence, which maybe we'll talk about uh, uh, in uh, in visuals, where they race each other back to the gas station, we see that they're uh, they're not alone. They're actually being followed all the way back by none other than the returning Shanice, aka Shebang, and she manages to sneak into the uh, to the gas station. And as will become an important uh, plot point later. Uh, sees them remove their masks. She figures out their secret identities and obviously knows who they are, as she was briefly attending uh, Richie and, and Virgil's high school in the first episodes. So uh, it's uh, she. She quickly learns the secret identities, and uh, she's coming to uh, to Static and Gear to kind of uh, to get some get some backup, as there's a bit of a mystery. Effect.
0: Okay, come out and don't try anything funny. No is your department. Shebang? Virgil Hawkins and Richie Foley high school superheroes. Who would have guessed? By the way, love the masks. Oh, oh, here. Sorry. You know, running after you all night made me thirsty. May I? How did you find us? I followed you. Personally, I think you could use a secret entrance. Hey, we want your advice. We'll ask. Now, why are you here? I... I might need your help. You need our help? It's my parents. I think somebody kidnapped them. Three days ago, my parents left to attend an important meeting. I thought security would be going with them, but now I find out security knew nothing about it. So what makes you think your parents are here in Dakota? We had a webcam chat two days ago. I recorded it.
1: That's right. We learn, uh, that through the magic of what looks like an iPhone before an iPhone existed, we have, uh, we have, there was a telecommunication that was occurring between Shanice and her parents, uh, that she's brought to static and gear that, uh, she's looking to help them investigate. She's identified that they, uh, left sort of suddenly in the middle of the night without telling, uh, anyone, especially their witness protection program security and, uh, they, uh, they video messaged Shanice from a hotel room in Dakota. She recognized some of the buildings in the background. And uh, during their last communication, it's sort of intimated that she's not sure if anything happened to them. But it's very clear something happened to them because their call gets interrupted by a loud bang and uh, her father screaming. And then she has not heard from either of her parents since then. So static and gear and... Shebang all head over to the location where they believe the video was recorded, which happens to be a hotel in Dakota and uh, Shanice is quick to find the room where she believes her parents were staying. They walk in to investigate, trying to do some good detective work to discover if there's any evidence left behind and uh, using one of static's many powers, this one he's able to use his, his, uh, his electricity to create some sort of infrared light or something that, can, <laughs> that he can see footprints with. And uh, <laughs> they locate a pair of footprints that match the footprints from the crime scene that we talked about from the first part of the episode. These uh, rather heavy imprints in the ground. And uh, that, of course, leaves static and gear assuming that uh, these must be connected in some sort of way. And uh, we learned soon after that, there is a break-in at another facility uh, that's happening. It's actually the, I think it's the uh, the Cowan Chemical Plant, uh, mm-hmm. which uh, you might, might recognize that name uh, by uh, one of the co-creators of Static himself, Mr. Dennis Cowan. Uh, perhaps named after him, maybe it's a coincidence. I don't know, but uh, something (laughs) tells me now, (laughs) but there's a break in happening at the chemical lab and that's where we get our, our uh, first reveal of the aforementioned Koenig, who is this uh, hulking mass of a man who is really just uh, given the business to everybody there. And it appears to be, uh, I would say if you're looking for a comparable Villain, Maybe like a little bit of absorbing man, right? He's able to, mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's absorbing the mass of all of these different items, uh, chemicals, solid objects around him are just being turned to ash, dust, or just completely disappearing. And he seems to be getting stronger and stronger through absorbing it uh he also is uh is it's very established very quickly that uh, while he is the size of a regular human man maybe a athletic human man he clearly has a lot of uh heaviness to him a lot of girth and uh he carries a, uh, a a mean packs a mean punch i'd say as he uh he is a little bit uh seems to be the ground shaking around him he's got a lot of mass we'll say that and uh, so we learn that that's that's what's happening. He's absorbing the mass from the objects, and uh, we get a little fight that occurs between our three heroes and our our supervillain. And uh, we get a reveal that uh, the supervillain's not there alone, as two mech suits interrupt Static, and uh, and Gear and Shebangs uh, attempt to take down the villain. And it uh, driving the mech suits are. Shanice's parents. <laughs> uh, of course, who else would it be?
2: You
0: uh-huh. go! You're strong, Shanice, but not strong enough. It's you. there you almost got squashed my parents they're inside those things what Uh, hurry
1: we're trying these aren't easy to operate heck of a reveal there (laughs) two big Uh, robots (laughs) two gigantic robots yep so uh we during the fight there is a uh there's a, a Koenig gets one of the chemicals, I believe it's nitrous, nitrous oxide or one of those. So they, he has a canister, they bust it open, and uh, instead of freezing him in one spot, it uh, just kind of creates a whole bunch of smoke as, as uh, static and gears scatter. And this allows time not only for Koenig to disappear, but also uh, for the giant robot mech suits to also somehow disappear. They just vanished into thin air, nowhere mm-hmm. to be found. This mass of a man who you could hear walking miles, or for, you know, miles Obviously, away. Sometimes
2: as... his feet cause like tremors, as we see when he's <laughs> sort of stalking towards Gear. Sometimes mm-hmm. they don't, but yeah. they did when uh, when he was trying to be menacing towards Gear. And then, yes, these two giant robots who are smashing through
1: walls and fences and such—they just they snuck, they snuck away. They disappear into thin air. And that leaves everybody sort of confused. Why is Shanice's parents helping this man? What are they, what's in it for them? Uh, And uh, what exactly is their connection to this, uh, this strange mass of a man? And uh, we kind of get the reveal coming in our, in our surprise third part, but not before we get a a bit of a split that happens between our newly formed, loosely formed team. That's right. So yeah, as they
2: uh, return to the gas station, that, and uh it was it was clear obviously from as as i believe you mentioned that uh, shanice realizes that she recognizes this uh this hulking gray man not that one and uh <laughs> and uh he's also a former scientist who experimented on himself hmm well oh, there yeah, is a little true. DNA of that in there i don't know doesn't matter uh you already mentioned it's kind of absorbing man from the uh from the hulk playbook too so there's, uh-huh. there's a, there might be a little marvel in our uh And our villain's DNA this week. But yes, Shanice clearly knows the guy, knows something's afoot. uh, And uh, and Static and Gear decide they're going to try to search the internet. Because this is 2003 and the internet can do anything. As we'll (laughs) find out in a minute here. But uh, yes, Static and Gear are going to try to do some investigating to figure out who this mystery man is. And Shanice is is very quick to uh, dismiss that. And say that there's uh, there's that uh, they need to just drop everything and and, uh, and Static and Gear point out that they have to find this guy and and her parents and stop all of them before their rampage continues. And Shanice is obviously very taken aback and hurt by that and doesn't want to hear the fact that her parents are helping this bad guy. But Static and Gear pointed out pretty succinctly when they say, uh, you know, we're crime fighters and there's crime to fight. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shanisa uh, just doubles down Says no they're not to investigate Tells them not to investigate any further And in fact threatens that if That if they do investigate that she'll tell Everyone their secret identities And she storms out of the Our station. house
0: specialty? The abandoned Burrito of solitude One bite and you'll need to be alone No thanks hey. Man she is seriously down I'm using my best jokes Maybe that's what's depressing her Listen, Shanice, I know things look bad, but it's gonna be okay. How's it gonna be okay, Virgil? I've spent my whole life hiding my past and living a lie, but I always believed I could trust my parents. Now I find out they're living an even bigger lie. All I know is we're your friends, but you have to let us help you. Okay, first off, who's the heavy dude with the skin condition? He's... I don't know. Rich? Rich? do an internet check on Shanice's parents maybe that'll give us a lead on this guy no forget it don't bother I'm gonna handle this by myself Shanice I'm sorry your mom and dad are involved but they broke the law yeah and we're crime fighters we have to you know fight crime no butt out if you don't I'll I'll tell everybody about your secret identities
1: she wouldn't do that would she yeah
2: it's clear that uh kind of leaves leaves richie and virgil a little dumbfounded not sure if she would actually act on that uh on that threat or not but it sort of stalemates them for a minute here where we uh move into our third act where we get a little bit more backstory here as uh Shanice, uh comes to uh comes to try to rescue her parents there's a little bit of dialogue we get before where uh, we're Koenig and and Shanice's parents are talking and we find out they're building him a machine that's supposed to uh, administer the cure for this uh, uh, disease that he has As every time he absorbs something he also absorbs its mass and he's getting so heavy that eventually he'll be too heavy to uh, to move and uh, so he needs to reverse it and he's threatening them to uh, to fix this machine and tells them that they had better come through for him. And at that point, an alarm goes off as uh, as we discover Shebang has arrived and is trying to rescue her parents on her own, but she's quickly overmatched and captured by Koenig, who is just too strong to uh, to take head on. And here's where we get our full explanation that uh, before before Shanice was born, as we found out, as, uh, <laughs> or uh, created in, in the test tube, the previous project that her parents had worked on was this Mass absorption uh, with Dr. Koenig, but they had eventually seen that as a sort of a, a folly, and, and then decided to move on to the project, which would eventually lead them to creating Shanice. However, Koenig couldn't let it go and decides to keep experimenting, even experimenting on himself, and he was successful, but of course, uh, at what cost? As as <laughs> is often the case with sort of mad scientist plots. I achieved my goal. I gained the ability to absorb mass from other objects.
0: Their atomic structure collapses, I become tougher. Unfortunately, I also ended up with some unpleasant side effects. I can't stop the process. Soon he won't be able to move. He'll become a living statue. That's why he stole those things, so we could build this chamber and force the cure into his skin under pressure. Why help him at all? Simple self-interest. Show her. If your parents don't cure me, I'll push this button. Three minutes later, those collars will inject them with poison. I can break those in a second. Ah, but if you even try, they'll go off. And I'm the
2: only one who knows the deactivation code.
0: You're sick.
2: Agreed. And uh, so Koenig, we, we understand at this point that the machine is uh is supposed to basically it's it creates such a high pressure that it can break through his uh his uh his tough skin and uh, and, and administer this cure that they've created for him but uh, as they and uh, if and, oh, oh, oh and by the way if that wasn't enough of a, if if the big rock man threatening to crush you wasn't enough motivation he's also uh, made collars that uh, if he presses a button or if uh, or if the uh, the collars are messed with, they will inject uh, Shanice's parents with poison. So he's, he's got saw got...
1: death collars. <laughs> That's right.
2: Yeah. Again, ahead of the game. We talked about it last week. You know, The Simpsons isn't the only show that uh, that was ahead of the curve when it comes to some of this stuff. When it comes to pop culture and uh, and world events. So yes, that sets up our our, our final little battle here here as uh, as meanwhile. <laughs> This is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> as, uh, we cut back to the gas station. Virgil and Richie are trying to. They've decided they're going to investigate anyway. They find a picture on a website of a company that Shanice's parents used to work for, um, a subsidiary of Cadmus, as we established last week. Uh, mm-hmm. Not, not really, but prove us wrong. Hey, Shannon. Um, that's right. That's right. Uh, and uh, and there's a picture of uh, Shanice's parents along with some of the other staff and. Static notices that one of the guys looks a little familiar and so uh, we find out that one of Static's powers is a magical photoshop (laughs) Uh, as uh, he takes a picture of a he takes this picture of the scientist and he zaps the screen and all of a sudden the scientist turns into uh, the Koenig that we know so yeah they know yeah. where they are and they know and they get an address of this old uh, old uh, laboratory that they all used to work in and uh and we're off to our final battle as static and gear arrive static goes off to try to hold off koenig in a fight while uh while gear and Shanice do their best to get the collars really really gear gear and Shanice don't do anything backpack saves the day backpack is the real hero of this episode that's uh, true as, Which uh, he's practice.
1: making up for the fact that he didn't notice that there was a complete stranger hiding in the gas station <laughs> when static and, and gear arrive back uh, and, and their identities are exposed. So, <laughs> yeah, really saved the day.
2: yeah. He, he, uh, he picked, he fumbled on first down, but he, uh, you know, they got the ball back and he, and he, and he put it through for the touchdown. They get the collars off. But uh, meanwhile, static and, and Koenig are still, uh, are still fighting and, Koenig just keeps absorbing more and more they 're in this carp uh, this uh, uh parking garage and uh, static drops like five cars on Koenig and he absorbs all of them and then throws uh throws a tire at static knocks him down and as uh, as gear and Shanice try to join the fight uh wouldn 't we know it, it's none of our heroes really do anything to stop him he 's just he 's been uh, he 's got too much of what he what he wanted, which is this hunger that he had to absorb things that was and, uh, and he's too heavy now to move, and he, we see him crash down through three or four levels of this uh, parking garage, and he's now unable to move. And uh, that's how our villain is defeated this week.
1: <laughs> defeated by his own uh, inability to stop absorbing mass. A tale yeah, as old as right. time. And gravity. And gravity playing, right.
2: uh, playing a biggest assist here, but Yes.
1: It's kind of like, isn't uh, isn't that how one of it, which beyond villain is it that just sinks into the ground? Uh, oh, the the
2: reporter guy, the, yeah, the tabloid, yeah yeah tabloid guy.
1: Very. I thought we were headed for a similar a similar thing where he, <laughs> he was going uh, to drop into your score. <laughs> yeah, he was just going to keep dropping and he wouldn't see him. But he is uh, he does eventually land, I guess, at the base of the parking garage. Uh, if you weren't quite understood by the visuals, he exclaims that he's unable to move. And uh, he is uh, he is uh, evacuated via this like heavy metal platform thing hooked up to a bunch of chains and a couple of different uh, helicopters end up uh, flying him out. So we get the uh, also the the verbal over top that uh, he's not going anywhere anytime soon. So really, really driving home the point that you will not see this character again. We do get uh, we do get a name for him, of course, added. Is it, is it heavy man? I think they give it. Mm-hmm. They, uh, mm-hmm. they dub him. So he does get the uh, the name heavy man. But uh, yeah, we uh, we do get a little postscript as a as Shanice uh, comes up and and does uh, offer her apologies for uh, she's saying sorry for what she what she said when she was she was flipping out and angry. She's sorry that she threatened to expose the identities of static and gear uh, to the world. And uh, static is is quick to uh, forgive her. I thought it was sort of like a backhanded uh, acceptance at first, but uh, he quickly, maybe without even realizing it, has uh, has accepted it and her, as he mentions that these types of things happen when you're on a team. Listen, guys, I'm sorry about
0: before. When I made that threat, I would never give away your secrets. No biggie. It was the heat of the moment. This stuff happens all the time when you're a team. A, a team? team? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. We're a team. Why not? Shanice, you're welcome to join us anytime you're in town. Cool. Just call first, okay?
1: And uh, that causes both Shanice and Gear and Static to kind of stop in their tracks and consider what was just said. And uh, and Static does uh, reaffirm that he is welcoming Shanice shebang onto the team. But uh, anytime that she's in town, but uh, just he makes one request of her. And that is to let them know, call ahead before she just shows up and drops in on them. And that is the end of our episode. So, uh, Liam, let's uh, start talking about our individual scores for the plot. I, I really enjoyed this episode for the most part. I kept my my thought just kept going was how it did not feel like any other static episode that we've covered so far, so much of the story and the plot was a departure from so much of what we've seen. And maybe it's Mm -hmm. just, maybe it's recency bias because we've covered so much of season one and season two over the Mm -hmm. last couple of times that we've done static reviews uh, that now we're in, you know, covering some episodes in season three where they sort of departed from that bang baby of the week formula and we're branching off into other things. It's just metahumans now. You're bringing in this character uh, that you know this this hero character that we didn't really have the opportunity to have uh, other than maybe Rubber Band Man in the past. Uh, bring bring another a hero back and uh, tie in her story and the, her parents' backstory. So you're you're kind of telling more of of how uh, they got involved in the work that they did. You have a, a villain that is uh, has that that. That, you know that tragic side to it where he was forced and I, I guess not forced in this way he is his hubris forced him to uh to experiment on himself to make himself a living guinea pig as it were and then because of that he's got this tragic story now where he needs to continue to satiate this this hunger for constant uh, uh, absorbing of of mass and energy, but it's just creating it's ultimately it's killing him, so you get some tragedy in that of course uh ultimately it's what kills him his his inability to cure himself and to help himself. Uh, ultimately is, is what does him in. And uh, so you get a little bit of, of, of a difference in what you kind of see sometimes with some of the, the run of the mill bang baby of the week. So it's also an adult villain. So a lot of times you don't get that. And there's a lot of like, the fact that he had murder collars on his victims, <laughs> like that felt, that felt way out there. Like that's stuff that I, I feel like very early on, you would not have seen something even implied to be that sort of diabolical and evil. Uh, from from some of our villains. So in a lot of ways, it felt very different. It felt much more like a DCAU episode to me. Like even though it doesn't contain anybody that is outside of statics, you know, Dakotaverse, it did feel more like a cohesive episode that could fit in on, you know, substitute the heroes Mm -hmm. onto one of the other shows. So I really enjoyed it. I thought it was done really, really well. You know, I like the fact that, We do have character growth also with Static. You know, we talked about last week, he's jealous. He was unwelcoming of Shanice. Mm -hmm. Didn't really get to kind of, you know, open his arms up and and welcome her to the team, as it were, in that episode. So now this episode where she shows up again, unannounced. Now everybody knows everybody's secret identity. So we're all on the same playing, you know, level playing field um and his ability to let biogons be bygones and sort of empathize with her in the situation where she's threatening to reveal their identities is, shows character growth our hero is a hero um and at the end of the day the, the the static team grew by one so i really enjoyed it i ended up giving it a pretty strong eight out of ten what about you
2: yeah i went just one i went uh just one point lower i went seven out of ten yeah i think it's a really fun solid episode um, I think yeah, it builds on the last episode. I think Koenig, as you mentioned, is a very unique. That's a really unique. Uh, I even though, like you said, it, you can parasite is a little bit uh, absorbing, man. Um, it still feels like its own its own guy, and we'll certainly talk mm-hmm. about that when we get to his his design as well, because that's a big part of it too. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think the the character and his voice actor um, uh, he has a real menace to him that maybe a lot of Especially the static villains that are like other high school students <laughs> don't uh, don't really have so uh, yeah I th- I think it's a it's a it's a fun plot and yeah it pushes it forward and we see the other side of it where last time as mentioned like you said it was more static being resistant to her joining the team this time it's her sort of fighting with her own nature of you know it's just been her and her parents for her whole life basically. And Mm -hmm. so when they, when she feels like they're, they're threatened and and certainly threatened with potentially static and gear, taking them to jail for helping this guy. And she doesn't know she, her first instinct is to kind of cut everybody else out and, and, uh, and go it alone. And then ultimately, you know, it's, it's teamwork that wins the day is, you know, gear, gear gets the collars, backpack gets the collars off and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh and Static uh Static's able to keep Koning busy long enough to to save the day there. So yeah, it's a it's a fun, it's simple, simple idea. like I said, the characters, we always talk about that. The characters are in a little bit of a different place than they were the last time that we uh that we saw them. And uh and it feels like we've uh we've have a more sort of solidified bond between uh the three of these characters and a promise of uh of more to come. When it comes to uh, shebang uh, teaming up with Static and Gear, so that's a uh, that's a, a really solid uh, effort all
1: around. I think. Yeah, and I think that's why it reflected in both of our scores. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which, as you mentioned, is going to be animation and visuals. And uh, just as it was last week, this week's animation is by Dong Wu. And uh, we didn't have a credited director, as you talked about, so nobody to necessarily pin this on. Uh, What stuck out with you? I guess we can start. You kind of left off with it in our last category, briefly mentioned it, but uh, we can certainly talk about the design uh, for Dr. Koenig, at least in his uh, his evil heavy man in uh, persona and how he looks, uh, the visualization of some of his powers, I think, are it's an interesting topic to cover as well. But uh, I'll I'll throw it over to you to kind of guide us with that and then wherever else it takes you.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, my first thought is he looks like that one Pokemon. It's like a, a rock with arms.
1: <laughs> you know that guy uh yeah i know the guy i'm not we're neither of us are pokemon guys so i i don't know his name but There's yeah our action item for this week <laughs> find the name that's of the instagram
2: pokemon. question that's
1: right. for this
2: week. <laughs> or, or not instagram uh, uh spotify spotify question. what who's is the
1: this? name who's that
2: pokemon that's, that's right we're doing the we're doing the member vine remember that meme yeah I don't remember yeah.
1: that. Yeah. <laughs> what about, okay. So uh, I also saw a little bit of, of uh, the Spider-Man villain, the chameleon in, mm-hmm. in him a little bit with the the whole all white head and the sort mm-hmm. of missing nose, or at least the kind of the way that he looked like in the Spider-Man, the animated series, mm-hmm. but he's also got the lab coat and, uh, and pants and no shoes and stuff like that. So again, classic, whether it's the incredible Hulk whether it's Doctor Kurt Connors, aka the Lizard, it's it's the mad scientist vibes with the uh, it's it's giving mad scientist as the kids these days would say.
2: Absolutely, yeah the the lab the lab coat like I said it definitely feels like there's some uh, there's some Marvel in this guy's uh, in this guy's DNA. But yeah, I, l- I like the look of it. That, like, and we already kind. of, touched on it, i think in plot but just the visualization of his powers where you kind of get this when he when he grabs something to absorb it he kind of uh you know you see this sort of flash of like reddish orange energy kind of course through the thing and then it's sort of very quickly reduced to ash or uh or to uh you know mi- minuscule uh debris and he sort of, uh, his chest kind of puffs up to, uh, to Im- imitate that. And as mentioned, you have little things like his, he feels like, I mean, that's kind of the whole point is at the end of he's he's too heavy to stand in the, in the machine. That's going to cure him. Like you get a sense of this guy being very heavy. Like I mentioned, there's parts mm-hmm. where you see the, the ground rumbling and you see like rocks being kicked up off the ground just by his footsteps and, and things like that. So they, the way they visualize his, uh, his, his heaviness, because that's the whole point of, you know, his increasing mass every time he uses his powers is uh is I thought really, really unique. And they didn't, they didn't just, uh, you know, uh, they didn't really rely on anything that I, or at least that I'm familiar with as far as like an existing one of these guys, whether it's a parasite, whether it's an absorbing man, um, he doesn't really, uh, you know, take on the form of anything, but just the, yeah, that, that kind of refrain of the, the energy kind of shooting through the thing and then it's sort of reducing to ash and and him and him sort of getting a little bit physically heavier the way they, the way they're able to visualize, because he doesn't really physically change. He's just this like six foot five gray man the whole time, but he, you, you see just the way they sort of visualize him getting physically heavier and By the time he gets to that final fight with Static, he's really kind of lumbering because he's moving. You know, he's absorbed so much, he's moving so Mm -hmm. slow. So the way I was gonna say they visualize they they really slow him down. Yeah, yeah, they really, yeah, they really, they really slow him down. by the By that last fight scene with uh, with Static in the in the uh, parking garage, he's he's moving completely differently than he was in that first fight, and that's uh, that's that's a good good attention to detail there.
1: No, absolutely. Yeah, that that really speaks to we have to that we have to communicate this in in a couple of different ways. They don't didn't have the advantage, as you stated, of him changing in shape or uh, size or anything like that, that would visually communicate that in the traditional sense. So, yeah, kudos to them for for actually going through. And all right, we're going to slow him down. We're going to add the weight via the way that he moves versus the way that he actually looks, uh, which is I'm sure. Uh, a challenge especially when it's trying to be communicated uh, between two different languages uh and then like overseas and back and forth i assume it was probably via email at, at this point so a lot of communication happening to try and get this right and i feel like it was done very well uh, so kudos to uh to the dungwu animation for for getting that communicated pretty well yeah i i liked the the visualization i will say there was some I don't know. I would like to have seen a little bit more consistency in the way that he absorbed things. Sometimes it disappeared completely. Sometimes you saw like it sort of turned to ash and dust. Um, it wasn't really communicated as if he was doing something different. So maybe it was, maybe it was supposed to be his powers where he was using his powers differently. Cause sometimes again, the thing would just completely disappear he would be holding like the engine there's the scene where he's eating the uh right before he goes into the the chamber to try and get cured he has a car engine and it just sort of disappears but then the very next scene that he's uh fighting static uh he he grabs onto this uh this giant support pole and it crumbles down sort of into dust into a pile of like sand as he touches it so um Yeah, very, very odd the way that they kind of changed the way that 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 power was manifested. So I kind of would have liked a little bit more consistency, or maybe just some exposition to explain what was going on, why it looked different from scene to scene. I didn't catch a, a pickup on anything, at least. So uh maybe there was something, but I I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't happen to catch up, uh, catch anything. But uh there were a couple of funny, funny moments. I enjoyed the uh when static and gear get their uh identities exposed to uh to shebang when uh they take their masks off in the in the gas station and then they swap masks uh, i thought that that was that was a pr- pretty funny gag uh i'm laughing at it as an adult i can imagine a kid laughing at it also so uh one of those visual gags that works uh we already talked about the cowan chemical plant as a as a funny homage to dennis cowan also um uh i think the the um, the the mech suits that the the <laughs> the parents were driving mm-hmm. they looked cool i thought you know like yeah. you know, mech, mech suits are always fun uh was, yeah I, they're very like
2: who... it's like sci-fi cuz they're not they they look kind of like and they are built to like hold large items so it's like you mm-hmm. could in a comic booky world you can believe that this would be something that these two like scientists know how to pilot because of like, oh, like absolutely. The weird stuff they were doing like they don't have really weapons they just have like big claws
1: yeah it it actually the dna of it reminded me a lot reminded me a lot of the the fleischer superman robots uh from the one Hmm. superman episode that we reviewed they're built kind of classically like that with the giant squares and the rivets and all that stuff so uh there might be some dna in that but yeah uh I loved that we get to we get the reveal that there's a root beer dispenser now in the, that that Richie has created in the uh in the gas station. I don't know if there's an origin story episode for that, but the fact that they have the the gears constantly working on these different gadgets and some of them are just convenience and fun uh for <laughs> them to have uh but uh i i also giggled when Shanice was like, you guys might want to have a secret entrance to your gas station as opposed to uh, <laughs> as opposed posters walking through the front door. One other thing that kind of confused me and felt like it came out of nowhere is we get the, uh, as you mentioned, the opening scene with Static uh, and, and our chief of police. And uh, the transition between that scene and the next scene, we get the Static logo sort of flash across the screen and fade in very batman 66 style mm-hmm. um i don't ever remember seeing that before and i don't we i don't think it was used the rest of the episode it was like used just that once to transition from that scene so that's stuck out that's like that's like the
2: i feel like that's like the end of the episode usually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like we'll fade out with that with the static logo or something like that or maybe an act break but not yet yeah, not usually in just the middle of a you know a scene transition like that not that i can think of but maybe there's a million examples of it and i'm just not thinking of it but yeah that's a good point
1: yeah that was just something worth noting that was that stuck out as ah, i didn't don't remember seeing that too often last thing i'll say was there wasn't a, a pretty neat sequence that i noticed and again i think just speaks to the difference between our early seasons and then these later seasons when they you know they change the animation style but uh that that scene where um where static and I think it's static and and Shanice and gear I don't know if it's the first scene or the scene where she's talking about them not investigating the parents but uh there's the scene where Shanice and Virgil are kind of in each other's faces and there's this oh no it's definitely the first scene it's the first scene where she's demanding that she's gonna go help them and they're like no we're the superheroes and she's like (laughs) I'm gonna come come help you guys and then the very next they transition to, to gear saying, and she did come with us. So, but they, they kind of, you're looking at Shanice's face, and then there's like a 90 degree pan where they then kind of turn and you get static in the shot and then you see Richie standing right in between them. I thought that was so great. It was just a subtle little thing creates a third dimension to the whole whole sequence. And again, it's just something that you probably would not have seen done because of the way the animation was in those earlier two seasons. So just another, another uh, step in the evolution of how this show ended up improving and continues to improve through season three and four. Mm-hmm. So uh, bigger budget, different animation style, uh, something more akin makes it feel more at home to that DCAU stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, I, I thought overall from top to bottom, there's some, some very interesting things here. The, the death, the death collars were another thing. Again, the reveal of those, they're wearing those, uh, those, uh, suit, those, uh, lab coats that they kind of take off and reveal the death collars for that, in that final scene, uh, the, I love the the little lab lab outfits that the Shanice's parents are wearing also in that whole scene. All of it just felt very DCAU. So, uh went with a with a 7 out of 10 for my visuals. Uh enjoyed some of that stuff uh from this week's episode. What about you? I gave it a 7 as well.
2: Um may have been an 8 for me except that there's a point where Rishi calls uh static on uh on the radio and he's not using a shock box. He has like a walkie-talkie
1: yeah there's also that, like man? a scene there's also a scene where he's like wearing his glasses and then he looks at static and they cut back to him and his glasses are off there's a couple of things that were a little you know inconsistencies from here to yeah. there uh, yeah i
2: mean that uh, i mean that yeah that stuff like if it's clothing or something or if it's like a quick thing but i mean that's like i mean that's like the first and like one of the more iconic uh, gadgets that richie's made on this show is the shop box so like I don't know what what is this? <laughs> what are, what are we yeah. do? That uh, that that brought that brought it down a full point for me. That's that's my version of the inverted bat symbol. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, strong words! I love it. All right, Liam, let's move on to our next category, which is going to be music and. Forgive me did you say it was uh, Richard Wolf once again responsible for this week's music cuz uh, a lot so of it was. is a lot of it is uh is bringing back music that we've heard before certainly but uh, we also <laughs> do get two additional themes and uh listeners will know that I'm I've started to come around a little bit and find a way to enjoy the music although it's not my taste I do recognize it sort of as its own identity for this show And uh, we do get the return of the uh, Girl, You're So Fly, uh, You Go Girl theme song that belongs Mm -hmm. to Shanice. And uh, as soon as it as soon as it came in, I was like, awesome. They reused the theme like it's her theme song. It wasn't just for that one episode. It's like this is this is her theme. I know who's who's about to show up on the screen. It's I mean, it's the same thing that. I complimented Batman the animated series for doing so well and Superman the animated series for doing so well. So, I I got to be got to be, you know, straight across the board here and give give kudos. You're using the same themes. Fantastic. Uh, we also did get a a theme for Koenig who uh who gets uh gets a variation on the like move. I guess it's supposed to be gotta like uh, it's like ludicrous like yeah, like we'll his bet. His his move be get out the way like a little bit like that's move let's move let me through can't wait were the uh, lyrics that I was able it, actually closed captioning had all of the lyrics to that song every other song doesn't have the lyrics too that song had all the words on the screen I don't know if they were right but they were all the words right there on the screen so if you want to uh, go and sing along. Feel free pull it up on the wonderful Max <laughs> app and uh, and follow along just like a have your own static karaoke night if you'd like. But <laughs> <laughs> what a ridiculous idea! Uh, yeah, uh, I would say that along with uh, there was also sort of like a a techno song that I think was supposed to be maybe like. Uh, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a Daft Punk sound alike or something, but there's like a race sequence that happens at the beginning of the episode as uh, as Gear and Static are racing back to the gas station. They have a friendly competition and there's like this weird techno voice that comes over. It probably could be any house music from the early 2000s, but I just went with Daft Punk because that was the probably the most popular at the time. So we'll go mm-hmm. with Daft mm-hmm. Punk sound alike. And, uh, then we get, of course the static theme, uh, as always where it's needed, but, uh, yeah, I ended up giving music a six out of 10, any notes that I didn't cover that, uh, that you noticed or any, anything that, uh, brought your score up higher or lower than that?
2: No, I was kind of hoping for, for, uh, I don't, there was, there wasn't another, another place to put another, uh, another new song in there but yes the, uh, the, got, <laughs> the gotta move i think is pretty solid as a when you introduce him he's like barreling through a fence and then he's stopping a uh, truck that's speeding towards him and all that so i like uh i like that as uh, as koenig's theme and i like the return of the uh, the so fly uh theme for for shanice as well so yeah i i, uh, I also went six out of ten on my music score not enough New to get me excited about it, but uh, I, I I genuinely do like the uh, the shebang theme, so I was glad to hear that again this week.
1: Yeah, uh, maybe we'll hear it uh, one more time at some point before the. Mm. Uh, before we're done, done reviewing static episodes. But yes, uh, I, I I think that's enough talking about the music, Liam, as we will turn to our final category of the day, which, of course, is our voice actors. And uh, we don't have a huge cast. We have a couple of people that we talked about last week, uh, returning for this week, and one very memorable and uh, familiar DCAU veteran voicing our lead villain. So let's go ahead and talk about this week's voice cast
2: that's right it's actually pretty uh yeah pretty pretty limited cast we do have phil morris and pamela tyson returning as doctors Vale, uh dolores and jonathan that's right they have first names uh she needs his <laughs> parents and uh we do briefly have uh dennis Haysbert uh as, uh as chief barnsdale actually his last appearance in the uh in the series but wow. uh we have uh most uh, most importantly, in addition to Jason Marsden as gear, we also have of course uh Rosalind Taylor Jordan returning as shebang she's not asked to carry it in the same way she was the first episode because of our who we had in as our our villain this week, but uh she certainly still has a lot to do both in those kind of initial scenes when she's kind of uh she's kind of amused and joking with uh, with Virgil and Rishi when they like when they put that that was a funny visual gag if we didn't mention by the way when they realize she's in the room and their are off and they put each other's masks on mm-hmm. A yeah, good bit there I, um enjoyable but yes uh, so uh miss, uh miss taylor jordan once again as uh shebang i think she does a good job i think especially on the second half when she has to uh when she has to kind of threaten them to, uh, to, to not get involved. And then kind of that final bit there, you can kind of feel the panic in her voice when the the collars are activated and, 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 and gear and backpack are trying to, uh, to save her parents. She does does another good job this week.
1: No, I thought she did. She did a fantastic job. She doesn't have quite the same uh, opportunity to sort of flex that muscles. We talked about last week and doing the, uh, the doing the different versions of the voice, the the shy bashful, but we do get, you know, the, we get more of like frustration, anger, uh, certainly uh, some belligerence a little bit too, I'd say. And I think, I think all of that comes across pretty strongly and just sort of hammers home that she's a, she's a very talented Voice actress so uh yeah i stand by what we said last week and uh, this week is probably one a if you're gonna gonna introduce evidence for why she's a she's a wonderful voice actress
2: absolutely and then uh we have of course our villain this week uh, never heard of him a guy named ron perlman um you know it's him the moment he starts talking but uh surprisingly perhaps he is uh he is a great menacing bad guy and um he's got like a real like just sinister undertone to everything he says especially i feel like once once it's sort of revealed that he he knows Shanice, um uh and i think the way the way that they sort of play off each other and that scene is very good but uh yeah he's uh, he's good he's threatening he's uh you know, talking about the hunger he has and then the uh you know threatening her parents if 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 their machine doesn't work all the way through the end there when he's uh undone by his own uh his own machinations uh yeah not not surprisingly we've talked about ron perlman a lot obviously as the voice of of clayface and uh and other roles that he's pulled off but uh yeah very good here as well unsurprisingly
1: yeah i i think my favorite line uh it's is when uh when Shanice goes, You're sick, once he reveals the collars. And he there's just a brief pause and then he goes, Agreed. Like <laughs> it's just like so sinister and just like so what an incredibly badass response from a mm-hmm. villain of just like agreed. I know I'm it's, like yeah, I know I'm that's sick.
2: That's like Bond villain stuff. Like it's like Yeah. It's one of those things where, and you know, and credit again to our our writer friend of the show, Len Yuli, for writing that line and knowing you know and knowing that we had the actor that could give that line and give it the exact gravitas that it needed
1: absolutely yeah kudos kudos to mr yuli for that line hell of a line for sure
2: that's right and then uh, otherwise of course we just have uh, as mentioned jason Marsden is gear and uh and phil lamar as static once again they're sort of uh i wouldn't say back burner. they're a little bit more active in the story this week compared to last week where we mostly followed uh Shanice's character but they are it's still them reacting they get to do a little a little fun we get to see them as you mentioned they they race each other back to the height at the beginning we get to see them being bros or hear them being bros and and uh, and sort of they're they're a little bumbling when when Shanice first comes back they're a little Taken aback by how sort of independent she is, and how how she's not really used to working in a team, and then, like you mentioned, uh, kind of the 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 whole button that you get put on the episode once uh, once koenig has been captured, and they're sort of talking about it, and and Virgil uh, almost accidentally, seemingly, uh, mentions that he does in fact consider. Uh, shebang part of the team and how uh, how both uh how both Shanice and uh, and gear react to that I think is really good so our uh, our two leads unsurprisingly doing uh, doing a solid job even if it's in more of a supporting role than uh, than usual
1: no I wholeheartedly agree yeah I we don't get a ton and I think maybe that Going back to the plot here a little bit, but maybe what made it feel so much like a DCAU episode is it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of static in this episode when you really look at the mm. runtime. So much of it is is set uh, you know, in the conversations between uh Koenig and, and Shanice's parents, the the doctors. And then you also get uh, you know, you get uh some of Shanice sort of doing the investigating her conversation with Koenig. So you you do get you do get static. You don't get any static solo at all. So he's sharing the screen time in all the scenes that he's in, uh, you know, regardless. And it's, uh, you know, a lot of it, the the plot is, especially that second and third act focus on our villain. So, um, yeah, the fact that that they did have maybe a diminished role certainly didn't take away from their performances as they clearly continue to, you know, exhibit what great chemistry they have as voice actors. And then, you know, bringing in uh, whether it's playing off of Shebang or, you know, uh, Koenig or whoever. Uh, yeah, they they were excellent, very unsurprisingly, uh, as uh, anybody who's who's heard us talk about their performances before, both Mr. Marston and Mr. Lamar, continue to just dazzle week in and week out. Absolutely. All right. So, uh, I guess it's time to drop our scores for this category. Liam, my score for this, because of everyone's fantastic performances and, uh, and our incredible villain lead. Uh, I, I went with a very, very strong nine out of 10 for our voice actors. What about you? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Same here. Nine out of 10, just an excellent job from anybody or everybody, uh, in their cast. Uh, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, just a great job. And, uh, yeah that will uh, that will bring us, I guess towards our, our final scores here and uh, tallying everything up, I have a pretty strong uh, 29 out of 40 for this week.
1: Yeah, and I think we only differed on our plot score as far as uh, scores were concerned, uh, longtime listeners will not be surprised, but uh, ended up with just one point higher with a 30 out of 40.
2: All right. Well, I mean, we can uh, we could chat about rewatchability and jeez. I mean, yeah, duh. <laughs> uh, I mean, not only is it the second of a trilogy (spoiler alert) of uh, shebang episodes, but uh, it's also, as we've just talked about for the last uh, forty-five minutes to an hour, uh, a really good episode. So, I think this yeah. is another uh, double thumbs up.
1: Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. Not much discussion to be had there. It's a uh, it's a fun episode very entertaining, feels very much at home in the DCAU and uh, it's, it's overall importance to static is, uh, is uh, palpable. So yeah, two thumbs up for that. All right, Liam, well that will begin to wrap things up here. Thank you everybody for tuning in. And once again, we apologize. We do have some great stuff for Mr. Yuli that we will hopefully be able to include in the future, perhaps uh, for our next, if not for our next episode, we will eventually get the entire interview released, hopefully. Uh, but until then, we do thank again, Mr. Yuli, for everything that he provided for last week's episode. And thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you'd like to support the podcast, there are a couple different ways that you can do that. The first of which is to follow us on social media at DCAU review, both on Twitter slash X and Instagram. Uh, yeah. join in the conversation, let us know what you think about these episodes static as a whole. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this Koenig villain? Uh, lots of fun stuff going on over there lots of uh lots of great conversations being had about uh not only the DCAU but DC animation as a whole there's stuff happening All around us and uh, lots of conversations being had in each and every week. So we'd love to hear your feedback on those. You can slide in the DMs, of course, too, if you don't want to tweet or Instagram or X or whatever it's called now publicly. Uh, You can also give us some feedback by responding to our question of the week for our Spotify exclusive listeners or vote in our poll that Liam mentioned at the top of the program. Uh, we also encourage you while you're on Spotify or whatever podcast app that you listen to us on, go ahead and subscribe to us. And if it lets you leave a five-star review, please do so. If it lets you leave a little paragraph blurb about what you like about the podcast, uh, please do so. And if you if you happen to take the time to do so, tweet it at us or send it to us in our DMs so that we can see it and uh, say thank you personally. Uh, if you Also would like to support the podcast monetarily. There's a couple ways to do that. Uh, You can either purchase a hat or a mug or a shirt from our merch store. There's some stickers up there too, I think. So uh, check out the show notes for that. Uh, You can also subscribe to us, uh, subscribe to the podcast uh, and uh, give a monthly donation to us. We have a couple couple of very generous fans that choose to do that with their hard-earned dollars each and every month. So we thank them to our uh, lovely subscribers and check out the show notes if you want to support us, uh, buy us a coffee here or there. We appreciate it. Liam wrapped up with this week's episode i believe we got one more to go for the month of september and uh as you mentioned august, but yes oh, i don't even know what month it is <laughs> see when when your computer blows up you you just kind of <laughs> lose you kind of lose what day it is what month it is mm-hmm, what year it is mm-hmm. my computer is part of life <laughs> that no uh we're wrapping up the month of august And uh, we have one more Saturday. And thus, I think, as you mentioned, it seems to me we're headed down this uh, this this Len Yuli appreciation month. We only have one option for our last last episode of the month, right?
2: That's absolutely right. And uh, that will be an episode. By the way, uh, you thought that Len Yuli month only started officially in the second week of this when we reviewed Shebang Shebang last week. It actually started in week one because you wrote that episode, too. And that villain comes back in the episode we're reviewing next week. The whole month was a theme month, not just the three weeks. We tricked you. Wow. Um, Wow. But yes, next week we were reviewing the aptly titled She Back uh, from season four of Static Shock. This is the first time we've broken into that last season uh, after all these years. And uh, yes, Shebang returns as does our our villain, the uh, the psychically powered Madeline Spalding, returning as well. So a uh, big uh, big culmination of our our salute to Mr. Yuli as uh, as we cover that episode. She back next week.
1: Awesome. Very grateful uh, again for Mr. Yuli's contributions. And uh, man, what a what a one to go out on for this month of static episodes. Looking forward to covering it with you, Liam. But until then, I'm Cal. And I'm Liam. We will talk to you on the next episode of the DCAU Review. Bye-bye.